Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi Church. This next generation that is coming through is like no other that we've seen before. They are more bold and more confident and more connected to the world than any other before, which is wonderful. However, it also creates a lot of uncertainty. What we would like for our church is to be a safe place for them to ask questions. Why do we believe what we believe? Why do we do this? What makes us different and why is that a wonderful thing? So for our children's ministry, that is exactly what we want to create, that safe space for that. We want our kids, when they leave our ministry, to have felt God's love, to have felt His acceptance, to know that that is just such a wonderful thing for them, to have a hope for their future. And we want them to have a strong foundation that's going to set them up for their life, to have a wonderful life with God. And what a privilege it is for us to be a part of that and to be able to create that safe environment for them to experience that here. And that is what I love about our church and the next generation. Hey church, Liam here. Uh, Macquarie to me isn't just a place that I come on Sundays, but it's my family. It's a place that I belong and get to call home. Uh, Macquarie is where I first heard about God and was able to start my relationship with Him. Uh, It's where I've been mentored, discipled, encouraged, and it's a place where people always saw and believed the best in me. And that's what I love about our young adults here at Macquarie, is how great of a community they are, uh, how well they love each other, seeing them represent Christ in all they do. So I'm so thankful to be a part of Macquarie Life Church. I love Macquarie because it allows me to be myself. It's um, full of people who um, encourage me and challenge me to be all that I'm called to be. Um, It also gives me a place that I can hear great teaching and helps me navigate this crazy world that we're living in, Um, especially with teenagers. There's so much um, information and media influence that it's really great to have somewhere that I know that will keep me on the straight and the correct path. I also love that I can serve. Um, I love being able to use what what little I have to serve such a great God. And um, without my church, I really don't know where we'd be. I love Macquarie. Hey church, gotta love who we are as the church. I love my church. When the church is growing and, and alive and the Holy Spirit's moving through the people, there's nothing more powerful. It actually separates us from any other organization. We can't be compared to when the church is on fire for God. I've seen miracles and wonders when people grab a hold of the truth of Jesus Christ. I really enjoy watching men lead themselves well, lead their families to church, enjoy leading themselves to church, just loving who they are. There's nothing more powerful. You know, one of my favorite verses is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and it just says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. You know, I know He's preparing the church for something incredible. I love my church. How beautiful is that? Oh, everyone breathe. Oh, it might be just me. Just, Ros, you breathe. Um, You know, I love a church of generations, and I want to just say that if you're older, like me, we're getting older, stay strong. 
you know, I told the 6, 5 p.m. the other week that I want to die empty. I want to die giving out everything I have to the next generation. And if you're younger, you've got a great voice. You've got a great sound that we want to hear. I'm looking at all the young people. You've got a great sound, Sophie and Josh, that we want to hear, that we need to hear. And, uh, but you don't know everything. So you need us older ones, and that's where the church is strong, all the generations right through. And I still need the generation above me. I love that generation. They're amazing. So um, that's us. All right, I'm just going to share the next 20 minutes on vision. You're all okay? And uh, then we're going to finish with a beautiful song that I believe that God's going to speak to you through. I can tell because I cried in the practice. But anyway, that might be just me today. All right. Um, all right. So let me go with this. Here's our team. This is called the team. They're coming up. I'm not going to read everything that's on the screen. You can read some of these things today. Churches are best led with multiple leaders. My leadership style is that of a choir director. I lead the choir, combining many voices, getting one beautiful sound to me that reflects Christ and reflects Christ to the world. That's my leadership style. Our elders and board are volunteers who provide spiritual oversight and governance for the church. The exec team facilitate the vision, lead and shepherd the church. A photo of the exec team is going up now. Um, this team has all left their nets to follow Christ. One of them is a little immature. I won't point that one out. <laughs> you always got to have one immature person on your team so you feel better about yourself. But in this team, you know, there's the fivefold ministry. And going forward, I believe one of the new wineskins that God is saying you've got to lead with the fivefold ministry apostolic, prophetic, evangelist, teacher, pastor to give balance and maturity to the church. Right, the updates, that was a team. Now the updates, new things, Dis digital discipleship. Almost everyone who attends our church has already been for the first time online, whether it's social media, YouTube, website, or our online services. So we're staying online with our services and moving towards uploading shareable content so people will be able to be discipled online. Uh, everyone we want to reach is actually online. Building. Our building plans are in council for the DA. They will take six months, so in June we'll be able to give you an update. Introducing Christianity Explored. This is an excellent seven-week course. I've wanted to merge two courses in our church, Alpha for Unchurched and New Christians. So this course merges the two, and it's a great course that gives foundation for Christianity. People can come and ask it's a safe environment. People can come and ask questions about God, faith. So we'll more info to come. Red Frogs Ministry is a frontline ministry to youth. That'll be starting in term two. Carter Home Project. You're going to be hearing about this next week when we do Mission Sunday. I'm very excited about this. Mindy will be sharing about it next week. It's supporting someone for 12 months in a home. It's an extension of our backyard. And Hello Hunter is a citywide vision that was, was birthed during COVID. We realised that Lifeline was great, but when people ring Lifeline, no one can pray for them. 
So we've birthed a thing called Hello Hunter right across the Hunter region. And people can ring, they can talk to somebody, and they can be prayed for. So any of these things that I talk to you about that you get a nudge or you'd like to know more about, outside through the bridge is a next step kiosk with balloons, with one balloon that's falling down, but I won't worry about that. And um, so I think you can score a lolly there too. So anything you want to ask about, you can put your name down and someone will contact you. All right, the vision and mission. Vision is where we're going and how beautiful is that him? Be thou my vision. Really, he is our vision. Um, what else is there? Uh, thank you, team. The vision is where we are going. The mission is how we are getting there. And the vision, our vision is towards Christ and the scripture that, we, that backs this mandate up for us is from... Matthew 28, it says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus charged his disciples, the first church, to teach people about Christ and to take people towards Christ. The gospel is not a gospel of behaviour. Whether you eat meat or don't eat meat, whether you vote Labor or Liberal, whether you have a vaccine or don't have a vaccine, it's not a gospel with rules and regulations. It's a gospel for people of all race, sexual orientation, gender and culture. The gospel, I believe, is about the lordship of Jesus Christ and of leaving all to follow him. The thing he most said to people was, O ye of little faith, and come and follow me. It is not about an institution or a building. It is a life-transforming, radical turnaround. And the journey of following Christ has implications for all of our lives and lifestyles. For me, I had to leave the Central Coast. I had to leave teaching. For you, it would be something else. But it is an everyday following Christ, hearing him and surrendering our hearts to him. Every human follows something. Every human on the planet goes towards something. I have chosen to go towards Christ and I encourage people everywhere to go towards Christ because no one will ever love you or accept you or forgive you like Christ. And nobody can help you become the best original version of you. The mission has two parts at Macquarie. We have a mission that's individual and a mission that's corporate. Next week, we're going to talk about the corporate vision, bring your tissues. And our corporate vision is us leading others towards Christ. But today, I want to talk about our individual mission. Our individual mission is a pathway of five steps that we believe we can all do that take us towards Christ. These five steps are based on Christ's teaching and taken out of Acts, the early church. I go towards Christ by loving God, by belonging, by growing, by serving, by going. And I'm going to talk about these for a few minutes. We have structured our whole church around our mission. Last week, Vicky told me this story. You thought I always got Vicky to preach for you. I, I get Vicky to preach so that I can go out for dinner with her the night before. She told me this great story. She grew up with a friend in youth, and this friend went on to become a successful associate pastor in another denomination. However, she got hurt, she burnt out, and she left church, and she was away for church. 
for 10 years. Not only did she get disillusioned, but she started believing different things that weren't in the Bible. And she started a ministry called Dechurched. She thought, I'm going to help people de-churched, get church out of their lives. Anyway, last year during COVID, the Holy Spirit came to her in a vision, came to her in the middle of the night. It was a visitation. And he said this to her. He said, what are you doing? He said, I really love you. And I've always been with you. And she said, the Holy Spirit processed her through her hurt. So this is what, and he said to her, I want you to change your de-church to re-church, your ministry from de-churched to re-churched. So she rang Vicky the next morning sobbing because Vicky had stayed in contact with her and she shared with Vicky um, what had happened. But she said this. She said, Vicky, there's lots of us out there, but I want to tell you what we miss. These are the three things we miss when we're out there. We miss having and belonging to a spiritual home. We miss corporate worship and we miss the Holy Spirit speaking to us and those Holy Spirit moments in the service. And I've got to tell you, that was so good for me to hear, keeping those things central. But also I want to say this, God loves prodigals. God loves prodigals. (laughs) We've all got prodigals in our family. We all know prodigals. And I've got to tell you, I believe in every prodigal's journey, there's a chapter that says, coming home. He loves prodigals and he's not finished with them yet. So that brings us to our first step, loving God. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus gives the greatest commandment. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, I think that we declare our love for God. How do we declare our love for God? I declare my love for God by giving him the first part of the week, every week, and giving him my time during the week. Who brushed their teeth, put it under deodorant this morning? Have we got a real honest church? Some people aren't putting up their hand. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Why? Because you want to stay healthy. It's the same thing spiritually. You have to have intentional habits. I know you can think, ah, oh, I've got to, got to go to... It's actually putting intentional habits to keep yourself spiritually healthy, just like you have a shower every day, or at least every second day. Um, It keeps you healthy. You know, my three big rocks for staying healthy have been this, going to church, tithing, and I can't even remember the last one, which is pretty bad, Um, having time with God. They're just my three rocks. If I lose everything else, those are the three rocks. So position yourself for spiritual health. Position your, when you position yourself at church, you're positioning yourself for the next generation. Position yourself for purpose when you come to church. God speaks to you about purpose and your own time with God. Whenever you're hearing, you know, life is complicated. I think life isn't easy. So positioning yourself to hear from God gives us a light to our path. We move towards Christ by belonging. How good is it to belong? I'm a belonging freak who married a non-belonging freak, better known as an introvert. But belonging is part of who you are. You were created to belong. Ephesians 2.19 says, You are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other believer. So I encourage you to find a smaller crew at church so that you'll be missed, so that you'll be known and you'll know others. Find a smaller crew. You can go to the New Step kiosk 
and um, talk to one of our helpers about that. We move towards Christ by growing. Are you a grower? I don't think you can sincerely follow Christ and not grow. In fact, I don't think it's biblical not to grow. Everyone in the New Testament that followed Christ either fell off the perch because it was too challenging, or they didn't die, but, you know, they left him, or they changed. Radical change. You cannot change. You cannot have Christ in you and not change. You know, one of the things that frustrates me is people who don't change. (laughs) They say people change, but not much, which has actually helped me along my journey. But you have to change. You've got to learn to forgive. How are you going with forgiveness? You know, if we don't forgive, we get stuck. You will never overcome in life. And you will never heal if you don't forgive. You've got to ask yourself, do, you want, do I want to heal? It's not, do I want to forgive? It's, do I want to heal? How are you going with anger? Generosity, fear, judgment, people who disagree with you, offence, jealousy, boundaries, sex, loving your enemies. I know. I... <laughs> it's a challenge. I love growing. Romans 8.29. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. You know, the one thing that shows maturity is that we can love our enemies, and I still find that really hard. So at Macquarie, there's different courses that you can sign up, but you don't even have to sign up for a course with this step. For me, it's just taking responsibility to grow. (laughs) All right. We step towards Christ by serving. You and I were created to contribute. You know, this culture is pushing us towards consumerism. But if you want to have an empty life, go for consumerism and making sure, and your goal is being happy. You were created to contribute. You and I, I was created to take my little, my little gift and make a, difference, a little difference in the corner of my world. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, we are simply God's servants. Each one of us does the work which the Lord gave him to do. You know, 40 years ago, I stepped into Beecroft Uniting Church. What a blessing I was going to be to them. And um, Mike Wortley was on the door and he reached out his hand and he welcomed me. And I don't know what happened, church, but I felt so loved and I didn't realise it, but I was sensing Christ. And I don't remember who preached. I don't remember who worship lead, but I remember the name of the guy on the door. My discipleship started at the door. And I don't know what happened that afternoon. He might have thought, gee, I'm on the roster again. Ivan Poland's meant to be on, but he had to swap with me. But I've got to say to you, Mike Wortley, you weren't on a roster. You were part of the mission. There is no such thing as a roster, really. We send rosters out, but to me, it's part of the mission. The car park, the coffee, the greeter, the host, you're all part of the mission. I bought a friend last week and she came to the door and I was busy. Shaz was on the door, on the roster, 
brought her to me and my friend said to me, didn't comment on the preaching, didn't comment on the worship, said, wow, the people here are so friendly. You know, every week our youth team connect with the kids. I want to talk about our youth team for just a minute or so. The picture's going to go up there. They send texts. They lead life groups on a Friday night. Get this. They arrive at 5 p.m. They set up. They move all these chairs. They move all the chairs in the cafe. They run the program. They eat weird food and make weird noises as, as for weird games like weird youth do. They hear the heartbreak of the kids. I mean, they have, some of our youth leaders have actually had to debrief with Donna this year because some of the heartbreaking stories, because kids tell youth leaders stuff that they won't tell their parents. Then at 9.30, the kids leave, they go down to Maccas, they grab Maccas, they come back, they debrief, and they get home by 11.30. By that time, Friday night, I've watched two um, episodes of The Crown and I'm in bed. But you know, the amazing thing that by serving, what do they find? They find community. You find community in the trenches. And also, I think it's only engaged people that actually Christ can build and advance his kingdom on. Engage people, change the world, and this world needs changing. Last one, we move towards Christ by going. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news. The average church person Last night, didn't lie in bed thinking, gee, I wonder what's happening at Macquarie and who's preaching tomorrow. The average unchurched person lies awake at night wondering if her kids are going to be okay, how bad her husband's porn problem is, and if the emptiness in her soul will ever go away. And I didn't get saved till I was 20 years old, so I know this is right. These are all spiritual questions. Unchurched people ask spiritual questions, but they don't come to church. They don't think the church can fix them. But they know you. Because you and I go. Mother Teresa says this, stay where you are. Find your own Calcutta. Find the sick, the suffering and the lonely. Right where you are, in your own homes and in your own families, in your workplaces, in your schools. You can find Calcutta all over the world if you have eyes to see. Everywhere, wherever you go, you find people who are unwanted, unloved, uncared for just rejected by society, completely forgotten, completely left alone. Go into our own world. I'm going to call the musos up in a minute. I just want to finish my little thing with this before I talk about our word for the year. The church is imperfect. Put your hand up if you know the church is imperfect. I said to my son once, when did you find out the church was imperfect? He said, when I was about 18... I said, whoa, like you went to 18. Perfect. Must have been perfect parents. I don't know. Thanks, Dan. Pastors can and do have moral faults. Thanks, Mark, for not having a moral fall and for me. They can have selfish agendas. They can be controlling. Churches can be political. Haven't we seen that in the last year? They can divide. Leaders disappoint us. We disappoint one another. Churches can seem irrelevant, but Jesus gave his life for her. He is building her, and guess what? He calls her his bride. It doesn't make sense. I'll tell you why it doesn't make sense. Because she's spiritual. She was birthed from heaven, not from man. She is formidable. 
She is prevailing and strong. She is eternal and she has been charged with the greatest mission to the planet, reconciling lost people with the Father. She still drives 75% of charities in this nation. The gates of heaven will never stand against her. It doesn't matter what the media say. How many people tried to deconstruct or dismantle her? Who is in government or how they restrict our freedom of speech? It would be like trying to stop and keep Christ in the tomb. It is impossible. The church is unstoppable. Christ, for some reason, has given me his heart and his love for the church. I believe in her with all of my heart. And I am so privileged, whether it's preaching or whether it's packing chairs. And did you know that the record for packing chairs away is five? Carrying five chairs. Guys, can, we did it last Sunday night. The word I got for the year is hope. And I felt the Holy Spirit say this. Some of you have lost your hope. Some of you have actually stopped hoping because you didn't want to get disappointed. Some of you don't want to hope again or some of us have put our hope in the wrong thing. Scripture says this in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope is oxygen to our soul and we suffocate emotionally without it. Hope keeps our heart healthy. I don't know how it's going to work out. But God's going to make it work out. I've still got hope. Everything's going to be okay. That keeps our heart healthy. Nikki Gumbel tells this story. I'll get the rest of the musos to come. In July 1999, a guy called Ralph Crathorn, he said, spoke at his church about the recent death of his eight-year-old daughter. Sasha from a brain tumour. In his talk, Ralph talked about hope. It's not the kind of wishy-washy, I hope this will happen, but it probably won't. He said, it's the sure, confident, positive hope, the way God designed us to live. He said, my hope was placed not in an outcome, but in God. Sasha also held on to that hope, not necessarily to be healed, although that was included, but a deeper hope, the hope that comes from the certainty of being in the palm of God's hand. In her final two weeks, she went blind Ralph said to her, I remember lying in bed saying to her, Sasha, do you see, ever see angels? No, Dad, I don't see angels. I was a bit disappointed, so I thought, well, we'll go for the big one. Do you ever see Jesus? Of course. He's holding my hand. The dream that she would be healed was shattered. But we're not disappointed with God. He hasn't changed. He still pours his love into our hearts. We don't understand her death. I doubt we ever will. One day we'll know. And I remember speaking to Jill March one day about Lockie, the son that they lost. And she said this to me. I've never forgotten Jill. Even though the pain is there all the time, she said, Roz, I never have to worry about Lockie. He's in heaven. She said, I never have to worry that he'll go through a relationship breakup or bankruptcy. No one will ever hurt him. Romans 5.3 says this, We also celebrate in seasons of suffering because we know that when we suffer, we develop endurance, which shapes our characters. When our characters are refined, we learn what it means to hope 
and anticipate God's goodness. So that scripture saying is we know we're mature when we have hope in every season. And hope will never disappoint, it says, or never fail to satisfy a deepest need because the Holy Spirit that was given to us has flooded our hearts with God's love. So let me say this. We're going to sing a song. The team's going to minister to you. And this scripture is saying that if you lost hope, what you need is to know that you're loved. What you need more than getting hope back is having an encounter with the love of God, knowing that you are in the palm of his hand and that no matter what, all things are going to work for good and you have a glorious future. Be confident and be hopeful of hope for your future. Church, we're going to unpack this word for the next year, but as this team sing this song, get your hope back. If someone's taken your hope, if the enemy's hope taken your hope, you're listening to a lie. Get your hope back. Be loved by God as we sing this song. Thanks, team. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.